Amen. So if we can get the scripture passages back up on the screen, and we'll just leave them there because we're going to read two of them today. So turn with me to 1 Romans chapter 8, 14 to 17, which is found on page 120 in the second set of page numbers in our Pew Bibles. The lectionary text has the story of Pentecost, which we've talked about before. And so today, uh, along with the story of Pentecost, the epistle uh, text is from Romans and the gospel text is from John. And so we're going to focus our attention there uh, along uh, along with the Spirit's guidance. That's what I want to say. So let's hear the word of the Lord. First from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back. Oops, sorry, I got to start. Verse For all who are led by the Spirit, verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, It is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. And then we turn to John chapter 14, to the words of Jesus, and that's on page 83 in the Bibles here in the sanctuary. John 14, verse 25. So this is Jesus speaking, and this is his last kind of big moment with his disciples uh, that stretches for a number of chapters in in the Gospel of John. So we hear these words of Jesus that he speaks to his disciples and continues to speak to us. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. So as you can see, one of these texts is before the act of Pentecost, and one of these texts comes after the act of Pentecost, after this key decisive moment where the Spirit Uh, who has been at work and in play in the world for a long time, comes and is always present in ways that we can know and understand after Pentecost and experience all of us. That is the promise of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That That the Pentecost Spirit is the same Spirit that was at work and Jesus was talking about as is at work at Pentecost as well as still today, which is part of what Paul is talking about throughout all of his writings in the New Testament. Now, did you hear 
the things that were similar in these two passages. Both of these passages talk about the Holy Spirit, and both of these passages talk about fear. Fear. Let's remember again what is the most often repeated command in Scripture. Do not be afraid. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, Paul says. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Fear is this commodity that is so powerfully at work in us and in this world that most of the time we don't even know it's fear. We'll call it worries. We'll call it concerns. We'll call it a feeling. Fear is at its most powerful, in fact, when it just feels like it's hanging in the air, looming. Do you know the fear I'm talking about? The fear that keeps you up at night and you don't know why. The fear that is a driving force in this world. You don't even have to have a TV to know fear. All you have to do is read the news. Listen to the news on the radio. Fear is this powerful tool that gets people doing things they otherwise would not do that gets communities doing things they otherwise would not do, that gets people acting and living out of values and principles that go against their very identity and what they would say is true. Fear is powerful. And Jesus says, peace I leave with you. Do not be afraid. And Paul says the Spirit is showing us that we were not given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But we were made God's children. That the antidote to fear is truly this identity we have in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, we're about to enter an election cycle, friends. It has already begun. Fear is what the powers of this world use. Remember that quote last week from N.T. Wright? About how the kingdoms of this world have a love of power. But the kingdom of God shows the power of love. And when you have a love of power, your most effective tool is to make people afraid. And Jesus offers peace. Jesus offers love. Jesus offers the Spirit of God. So think on your fears for a minute with me. What are you afraid of and for? Who tells you 
Where do you receive the message that that is something worthy of your fear? Who or what benefits from you being afraid or fearful of that thing? You know, sometimes I fear never getting married. Turn 35. The clock feels like it's ticking. Yeah, somebody, somebody knows what I'm talking about there. I heard a reaction. I see the norm around me. You know, I went on this vacation with friends of mine in February, and they're all couples. And it costs me the same amount of money to go on this trip as a single person as it did for them to go as a couple. The world has a message there about the way it's supposed to be, right? And so I fear that there might be something wrong with me. I fear that it's never going to happen. And yes, Scripture holds up the picture of a family as a beautiful gift of God. But what else does it say? It says that singleness is better. So why do I fear? Why do I fear? Who wins by my fear? Who wins when I spend more time being worried about what's wrong with me than being my awesome self? (laughs) Well, I wasn't expecting the clap, but that's all right. I'll take it. But you get what I'm saying. Who wins when we don't live our life fully in the promises and truth of Christ? Who wins when our identities are caught more up in these things that we've been told we have to be and we fear when we are not them? The evil one wins. The ways of the world win. When we're so consumed with with what we aren't and what we fear and what we're afraid will never be, we lose our identity as ones in whom Christ dwells. We lose our identities as co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We lose our identities as the children of God. And we fall back into slavery to our fears instead of living in the adoption of our Father. When Paul was talking to these folks, he was talking to them about the fear that they would have about a judgmental and a wrathful God. And he was saying that the work of Jesus Christ frees us from that fear. It tells us the truth of who God is, that God is not one who has a love of power, but shows us power of love and action and gift to us. And that if we really know and trust that to be true, it will transform everything. Beginning with the renewing of our minds and all of these fears that we're told to have. All of these things we're told to need and believe about ourselves. We received a spirit of adoption where all of the things from the past are erased and canceled out, and a new identity and equality and belonging is given to us. Ones of belonging to Jesus, of being ones in whom he dwells and delights, and in whom the Spirit is at work doing God's will and work in this world. This is what Jesus has left us. 
This is the peace he leaves. The peace of wholeness, the message says, translates Paul's words this way. I'm leaving you well and whole, Jesus says. Peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. We could add incomplete, not good enough, failures. I leave you peace. Peace. The peace that is the Holy Spirit in us, with us, about us, around us, through us. The peace of the truth. You know, when you think about all the ways that we have these false pieces, right? When we have peace in certain relationships or kingdoms and powers of this world where we are told that it's best to just let sleeping dogs lie or to not wake the dragon or someone else's power has caused us to fear them or the ways in which we seek to have a moment of peace through any therapeutic end we can find, whether it be shopping or food or uh, talking about somebody else to make ourselves feel better about ourselves so that we can just feel a, a, a moment where we feel like we're better than we were feeling a moment ago, that wholeness that we look for. Or the way that our fear of what could be makes us forget and not want to know about the struggle and the pain and the injustices that others are experiencing. Because if I'm so consumed with being safe here in my delightfully safe place, how in the world will I feel safe when I realize that there are people who live in very dangerous situations? Realizing the truth of the matter is that that guarantee of God is not that we will get everything we want. That the guarantee of God is that actually nothing about us in this life is guaranteed but all of the things of God. That God is the only guarantee. And so to have to let go of that control so that we might know the power of love. That's a big step, friends. But it is a step into the kingdom of God. Now, I don't think that fear and peace are like what we've talked about in the past about doubt and faith. You know, how doubt and faith can go together. I'm not sure about this, so, you know, we're feeling this out together here. But I don't think that fear and peace can go together the way that faith and doubt can go together. And this is why. Because when we're afraid, we cannot hear. When we're in doubt, we can listen. And we want to listen. We want to engage. 
But fear is at its most powerful when it keeps us trapped and enslaved to it. That it will not matter what anyone says to us until we come to know the Spirit's confirmation in us. Until the Spirit breaks through that fear in us. And so we continue to put ourselves in places where we can hear the truth of Christ, the truth of Scripture, so that the Holy Spirit has those avenues to break through that fear. For me, fear is a fog. So the image is to break through that fog, to clear out, to see what is still true and which is the work and presence of God. The guarantee that I belong to him. The guarantee that I am co-heirs with Jesus Christ who has given me everything I need. The guarantee that I don't have to worry about judgment from God because God looks at me and sees Jesus. The guarantee that the new heaven and new earth is coming. The guarantee that all that is wrong and causes fear in this world will be swallowed up to be no more. The guarantee that the work and the will of God will be done. And that it might include me. That the Spirit is at work to do this in our lives. Thomas Gillespie, who's a, uh, the formerly the Princeton president, Princeton Seminary president, uh, passed away a number of years ago. He describes it this way, this passage in Romans, that grace, the work of grace, is the opening up in love of the Holy Spirit to the human spirit. And faith is the opening up in love of the human spirit to the Holy Spirit. Grace and faith. And when those two things come together, a new thing is made. A with, the spirit bearing witness, with our spirit. The Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. And when that happens, we experience the power of love so much that not only do we call Jesus, or not only do we call God our Father, we call him our Daddy. That we know the intimacy of that love. That we experience the trust of one who can in the most dire of circumstances, run to their father's arms and just say his name and cry there. That we don't even have to say all the things because the spirit is at work there in that moment. This is the place in my life where I have taken on... The, the contemplative prayer tradition of centering prayer and why we as a community have started to do that on Mondays. Because it is a place to experience the, the witness of our spirits with 
God's spirit. A place to experience and to hear and to know that we are children of God. Where the Holy Spirit speaks and I can listen. In John, Jesus says that that the spirit that is going to be sent to us will teach us everything and will remind us of all of Jesus, all that he said. We see that already at work in the Gospels. If you go back and read the Gospel of John, there will be a couple of times where a story will happen and then John will say, oh, and by the way, the disciples remembered this after Jesus' death because they finally understood what he was saying to them in that moment. And so the Holy Spirit through centering prayer has been a place where I have been reminded of some truths that have directly related to some fears that I have decided to name and listen to the Spirit speak to me of Christ about. So that I might experience the power of love because perfect love casts out what? Fear. Perfect love, which is the love of God, casts out fear. Thank you, God. We're going to have the praise band come back up so that we can pray and sing together. Asking the Holy Spirit to do some of that work now in our midst.